Welcome to the Biz and Life Done Well podcast, where we explore what it means and what it takes to do business and life well. I'm your host, Peter Wilson. If you're like me, you're intrigued by stories of common people who have achieved uncommon success in business and life. Join me as I interview fascinating people about how they got started, their successes and failures, their habits and routines, and what inspires them. Today, my guest is Stuart Jenner. He is the principal consultant of Markitech Consulting Group, where he assists people with cost-effective traffic generation using Google Ads, uh, search engine optimization, and other tactics as well. I'm really excited to have Stuart with us today. He's also an expert with Google Analytics, which is something that a lot of businesses don't know anything about. So Stuart, thank you for joining us today. Certainly, Peter. Thank you for the opportunity. I like to assist businesses in looking at their Google Analytics data because it can help them reduce costs while also increasing revenue. It can also help them to increase customer satisfaction of people who are visiting their website or people who are uh, maybe planning on visiting their physical location. Today, our topic is how small businesses can get the most out of Google Analytics. We should probably do just a quick primer on what exactly Google Analytics is. Google Analytics is a service provided by Google available to companies at no cost, that is no cash cost. It is designed to help companies see who's visiting their website, what happens when people are on the website, where the traffic comes from, and where people exit from on the website. It is a very helpful tool. There is no free lunch. One thing we do not know is what Google actually does with the data in aggregate. I do not believe that they take the data um, at a company level and do anything with it. But in an aggregate, we don't know that for sure. So that is a caveat. And then another caveat is that Google is obviously trying to make money selling ads. And there are some ways that Google Analytics will influence people in selling ads um, and and buying ad space from Google. So that's just a a caveat to be aware of. But it is a very helpful tool. Google Analytics gives a lot of data that people can greatly benefit from looking at. For sure. We've been using Google Analytics, I think it's been around for... 15 years, maybe? That sounds about right. Seems like we've, it's been around. When I worked at Microsoft, we had access to another tool um, that was uh, called Omniture. And then Adobe bought that tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was in uh, the early, well, not early, kind of the mid 2000s is when we were using that. Uh-huh. Um, and then Google Analytics came along. So Google Analytics is, I wouldn't say it's uh, kind of, it, well, sort of the gold standard, but it, it's sort of the Swiss army knife of um, gathering data from your website. It's a very common tool. In many ways, it is a default where a lot of people will have it set up. One of the challenges for businesses is business owners in particular is the data may be set up, but are they getting anything out of the data? Mm, mm. So a couple things uh, we we kind of uh, briefly put together or you put together a nice uh, list of topics uh, specific to Google Analytics. And I think your first one was, you know, before you get started here, uh, get somebody to check your setup or, or, or check it yourself. You want to uh, give me a few thoughts on that? Certainly. 
there are times when people will think that Google Analytics is working, but they will find that it's only working for a small portion of their website. And that is especially an issue if they have a portion of their website on one domain and then have another portion of the website, for instance, e-commerce fulfillment on another part of the domain, on, on another domain. Sub-domain. So making sure that the setup is working right is, uh, is a first step. What is important is looking at the total number of pages that have activity. You don't need to have a printout of all the pages, but you need to know how many pages are getting views over a month in Google Analytics. Sometimes people will think, well, I have a thousand pages and probably 500 of them are ones that people visit within a month. The other 500 may be deep text support. They may be things that are simply not that important. But if your Google Analytics, Analytics report shows that you only have pages, uh, page views on, say, 20 or 50, that may well indicate that there's a problem with the setup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So typically, um, with respect to the setup, um, I always advise business owners to uh, hire a professional to do the setup. And I know a lot of web developers uh, who build a website, they'll, they'll add the Google analytics code to the site. So a lot of times if you, if you look at your data and it's not looking right, probably the first thing you need to do is, is call the person who set up your website and see if they can uh, troubleshoot that a little bit. Yes. And sometimes that is the designer developer. Sometimes the hosting company, may also be involved in that mm-hmm. process. And so it's good True. to have a three-way conversation there. Yeah. So um, um, the next thing that uh, we talked about was like accessing Google Analytics as a user. So it's a web portal and you are assigned a username and password by folks who set up the account for your website. So the first thing you want to do is get your login and make sure that you can access Google Analytics. Again, you're going to have to go back maybe to your person who set up your website or your host. But once you've got that, now you're going to log in and you're going to just be overwhelmed by (laughs) this view of data. I, I can't tell you how many business owners I've talked to. And I said, do you have Google Analytics? And they say, yeah. And I have no idea what I'm looking at. So let's let's talk about the um, the big picture here. What What's the first thing? If I log on to my Google Analytics, what is the first thing that, that I should be looking at? Well, uh, to clarify, sometimes people will get a report from uh, a web consultant or their hosting company of Google That's Analytics. True. Other times true. people will need to log in and get the data. True. Either yeah. way, the first thing you should look at is some overall trends, year-to-year comparisons, month-to-month comparisons, maybe day-of-the-week-to-week, day-of-the-week comparisons. But it's really important to have some context for numbers that you look at. Then a second thing that's very important is to know the definitions of what you're looking at. There are a lot of labels Google will throw at people. And I mentioned earlier that analytics and AdWords, Google AdWords, Google Ads are connected. That is true in large part, but the definitions that Google Ads uses can be very different, can be somewhat different for visitors to the website than what Google Analytics uses. And so you want to know the labels of what you're Mm -hmm. looking at, users versus sessions. Let's say that I came to your site um, on Monday morning at 5 a.m., that makes me a unique user for the day. Let's say I come back at 4 p.m., 
Now I am not a unique user and we have two sessions instead of one. Well, sometimes if you have a lot of sessions and very few unique users, that may give a clue to you of what um, people are trying to do on the website. Other times you may have a lot of unique users, very little repeat traffic and very few, and the set number of sessions may be essentially identical to the number of unique users. Mm-hmm. That gives you a very different picture. So what you want to do is see what's going on with the definitions. You want to see some trends and comparisons. And in particular, what can sometimes happen is that people can have everything working great with Google Analytics, and then someone somewhere makes some changes, maybe a website update, and suddenly something may be gone. Mm-hmm. And so you could see a dramatic drop in traffic and then a dramatic restoration of traffic. Maybe it wasn't from users disappearing. Maybe it was from something going on with the code that mm-hmm. someone um, interfered with. But you know, big picture, you want to look at some overall trends. Right. One of the things that I really like about Google Analytics is that you can set custom date ranges to look at the data And then you can also set custom scaling, not custom, but you can actually scale the data. So I could look at five years worth of data, looking at on a daily basis, that's useless, but I can um, consolidate it on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, or even a quarterly basis. So then when you look at that five years of data, say on a monthly basis, what what I find very fascinating for the clients I work with is that we can begin to detect seasonal trends in their data, especially when we're looking at data year over year, um, yes. you know, which is, which is um, very helpful because, you know, occasionally <laughs> we'll have a panic call from a client saying, you know, our traffic is off or our, our, you know, our phone calls are off. What's happening? What's happening? And we get the same phone call that same time of the year from the same client each year at that same month. And it's like, well, we talked about this last year. We know that this is a slow time for your business. You may want to increase your ads budget or something like that. Absolutely. Once you've got that, that trend, um, you know, over a few years, I think the value that's in my mind, at least that's where a lot of the value for Google analytics really comes into play. Absolutely. And it's one of the reasons why making sure the setup is correct when you start your business or when you start um, start working with Google Analytics, mm-hmm. you don't want to go for a month or six months and realize, oops, we didn't have the code set right, or we didn't right. have the conversion tracking set right on some really key pages that we care about. Yeah. Now, one other thing that's worth noting here is my favorite part of looking at trends is the comparison tool, the compare option, where you toggle that and you can say, I want to compare last month to the previous period, which would be the previous month. Or I want to set it for a custom comparison to that month, January of a year ago or two years ago, pre-COVID. I want to know what was going on and how we compare to pre-COVID because now hopefully we're coming out of COVID. And so that's something, uh, you know, to look at. And then you want to use your best judgment of which are the appropriate comparison times and lengths. Maybe a month is the right time, maybe a quarter, maybe a week. 
Um, but anyway, and you can set a custom comparison so that we can say, well, we want to compare January 2021 to, let's say, February of 2019, which was mm-hmm. essentially the last normal month, or January 2022 to yeah, yeah. February 2019, which was essentially the, um, you know, a, a normal month, or January of 2020, which was um, you know, right when COVID was starting to kick in, and maybe that maybe that's a really important baseline month. So people have full control over what comparisons they want to make. And then yeah, yeah. they can also export the data into an Adobe Acrobat PDF. They can export it into an Excel spreadsheet or some other formats as well. And I like to do that because then it's a lot easier to uh, to do some statistical comparisons and right. say, what's the you know percentage comparison um, of one time versus another? What are some other things going on? Right, so a couple, a couple things that we should note um, just in terms of what the data we're looking at is we are looking at um, the activity on the website. So we are looking at the amount of activity that the users to your website are generating. And um, you did mention one thing, uh, you slipped in a word conversions. And so I think we should um, at least uh, cover that because you've got all this different data. You can see how many, you know, how many people came to your website on a given day. How many people looked at a specific page on a given day? Where did they come from? To some degree, you can see where they came from. Mm-hmm. You used to be able to say what keyword they typed in, but you can't see that anymore. Um, Google for taking that away. That was yeah. a great frustration. Yeah. So, but but again, uh, getting back to this concept of conversions, which is high value to the organization. You want to talk about that and Absolutely. What, what that is? This is another uh, another favorite feature of Google Analytics is the ability to track an outcome. There are, and Google calls these outcomes conversions. There are many different types of conversions. One can be a view of a specific page. I will often set people up with a thank you for contacting us page. Thank mm-hmm. you for filling out an inquiry form page. I will call that a visit to that, a conversion. Other times, people will say, if they visited the contact us page, that is good enough. We don't care if they filled out the form. Maybe they send an email. Maybe they phone us. Mm -hmm. Maybe the contact page has our address with a map. And we know that people are just coming in. And if they are going to that page, there's a really good chance that they're going to turn into a relationship with us. Um, Mm -hmm. So that can be a conversion also. Then there are some additional um, forms of conversion tracking. One can be downloading an app. Another could be a phone call using phone tracking services from Google or from other, uh, other sources. Yeah, we're, we're really um, big into that particular one, the, the phone call tracking where it's, um, the the code, not Google Analytics, but it's a separate piece of code that is uh, dynamically inserting a different phone number on the page. It's basically swapping out mm-hmm. the business's phone number for a, a call tracking number. And then what we do on our end, uh, I'm sure you guys do something similar, is we actually apply a filter on those calls. So 
It's got to be from a unique number that's never called before. And it's got to, the call has to last like 30 seconds, right? Uh-huh. So Great. It's, not, it's not a perfect science, but at least it, it gets us closer to being able to tabulate, um, you know, conversions that have happened as a result of the website. So if somebody's staring at the website and they see this very unique phone number and they call the combination of Google analytics and the call tracking has the ability to figure out who that is, even if their phone number is not connected to their computer. It's kind of scary, but it works pretty good. Yes, it does. It's uh, it's really helpful for people to be able to understand what are their outcomes that they care about, and then how can they track those and figure out what's working. That directly leads to another big issue with Google Analytics, another um, another benefit of Google Analytics is looking at your sources of traffic. Exactly. I like to break yeah. down the traffic by source. Yeah. Uh, and then there are ways to subcategorize that also. So we can say we want to see traffic that's coming from a Google search engine that's only from Washington State or mm-hmm. only from the Seattle metropolitan area. There are many sources of traffic that we can track through analytics, including organic search engine, so that's the free traffic, direct visits where people have typed in the URL or maybe have a bookmark, ads from Google or other sources, um, and then referral traffic can be a really important tool to understand. Referral traffic is traffic that comes from a link on another person's website. And this is incredibly important to me when I'm working with clients because we want to know who is linking, and who is directing traffic to our client's site. Those top referrers, think of them as your sales channel. Think of them as a distribution channel. They are incredibly important. And let's say that your uh, organization, your company is a member of a local chamber of commerce. If you're getting a lot of traffic referred from that chamber of commerce, that is a really good indication that your chamber of commerce website or membership is working well. If you're not getting any traffic at all from some organization where you're paying a lot of money to be a member, maybe it's time to look at how you can increase that traffic and increase your presence on that organization's website. Then another source of traffic is social media. This can include Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and other um other social media sources. Yep. Now, one of the confusing things is that sometimes that traffic will be labeled as coming from Facebook, but it's hard to tell if it's coming in from an ad or coming in from an organic post that you did. So it um, it's helpful to know in general that it's social media, but this is not the final picture at tell- final word at telling you where you should allocate your money. Right. Yeah. And I noticed you, yeah, email was one uh, that you have on here as well. So one of the things that we do and we advise our clients to do, and I'm sure you guys are right there, is we use a, a little bit of, I wouldn't even call it code, I guess I have to, but it's a UTM um, uh, link. So then if somebody is clicking on a link in an email that they received, um, it it shows up, it actually gives that email the credit for that. So um that we started doing that for a particular client. We sent out like 3 million emails for that client last year. Wow. And we saw a 
um, when we started really focusing on a specific call to action, we noticed that the related um, conversion events for that um, call to action from the email campaigns that we were sending was really, you know, really working very well. And from a return on investment perspective, the email, uh, probably no surprise to you, but the email was, um, you know, head and shoulders above everything else we did to, uh, you know, to try to drive uh, business for this client. So, that's great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So it looks like you've got a couple other things we want to talk about here. Uh, three important numbers to look at for each source. I couldn't agree more. Um, you want to cover that? What, Certainly. What, what do we need to know? Well, let's say that you're getting a lot of traffic from Google Organic. That's great. But what happens once the people land on the website? Bounce rate is one of the key numbers for people to look at. A bounce is a visitor who arrives at one page and does not go on to another page, at least within the time that Google defines a visit session as um, has a given length. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually 30 minutes. So if they visit one page and then 31 minutes later, they came and they go to another page that could count as a new session. Right. Um, but bounce rate is sometimes really a good number if it's low. Other times it's a good number if it's high. Mm -hmm. High bounce rate means a lot of people are only coming to the website and seeing that one page, but maybe that one page is all they need. Maybe they're landing on the map page that directs people to your business. And that is all they want to do because they're coming to drive, they're driving over and they're walking over and they're going to be there in person. And so they don't need to see other pages. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. sometimes a low bounce rate is really good because that could mean a lot of people are going to other parts of the website. That leads to a next number, which is time on site. And again, sometimes a really low time on site is good. Sometimes a really high time on site is good. It kind of depends on what the pages are. And I work a lot with B2B clients and mm -hmm. their goal is to have qualified phone calls or inquiries. It's not to have a volume of inquiries. And so if they have a high time on site with a person visiting a lot of pages, that may be a way to screen out people from coming to the website who simply from coming to their business and contacting them who simply are not a match and not a not a um, they're not going to be able to meet that client that potential client's needs. So mm -hmm. every one of these numbers takes some nuance. Number of pages viewed is the same where sometimes if a person is visiting a whole bunch of pages on the website, it's a sign that they cannot find what they're looking for. Other times, if they're visiting just one or two pages on the website, that may be really good because it may be that this page has gotten them to where they want to go and they're taking their next step of contacting um, the company via phone or email or filling out a form or walking in. Right. So just, just to be clear, if you, if you look in Google Analytics, you will see some colors if you're looking at trends. And generally, Google ascribes a high bounce rate to a um, less than, um, you know, it's less desirable, generally speaking. You In wanna, general. Generally, you want a lower desirable. bounce rate. Time on yeah. site, you generally want a longer time on site. And number of pages viewed, um, you would typically want more just in, in very, yes. very Yes, that, that is a very fair assessment. 
Now, one um, the next step then, though, is looking at individual pages um, for those numbers right. and um, yeah. seeing what the page is that has that high bounce rate and mm-hmm. or high high exit rate also sometimes. And um, that can be a real danger sign or it can be a real sign that things are working. Well, I can give you an example that, that I've seen is we've, we're running a campaign for one of our clients. Uh, it's a uh, display ad campaign that's doing custom intent audience, meaning we are using the Google audience available to target a specific uh, group of folks. And um, we land all those people who see those ads on a particular page and they uh, don't stay on that page very long. Right. And there's a massive amount of traffic. But in talking to the business, we can, and, and looking at the actual stats on the conversions, we can see that they're not, they're only paying in like a couple of pennies per visit. But these people are in market for their product and they are getting leads off this thing. So on a dollar for dollar basis, it makes sense. And Wonderful. it's all traffic just coming from ads. Uh, Stuart, the next thing that you've got on your list, and I think this is super important, is talking about the audience, which is in Google Analytics. What's interesting is audience is the first thing in the hierarchy in the Google Analytics dashboard. It's kind of like where a lot of people start. So what are the things that you can find out in your audience tab on uh, Google Analytics? Well, I, it, it all depends. There's, there's 10 or 15 choices related to demographics, geography, uh, what device they're coming in on, and various other items. One thing that is really important when you're a business is defining who, what data you care about as opposed to what data Google is giving you. What you value most may be buried deep in the hierarchy in the navigation options of Google Analytics. And so what I suggest is browse through the data, make sure that you have the access as an administrator or as um, with full viewing privileges to the data that's in there and just look around and see what you like, see what's helpful to you. Now, one thing that I think is always useful for a local business is looking at the geography of who's visiting their website. If you're looking um, at a website report on geography and you notice a whole bunch of people coming from Asia or from Europe and your target audience is people who are within 15 miles of your local business, maybe you need to start selling internationally Mm -hmm. (laughs) or maybe you need to refocus your traffic generation efforts. There's, you know, I'm being a little facetious here about sell internationally. I mean, that's not realistic for a lot of people. But um, looking at the geography and where people come from can be very helpful. And you can drill down at a lot of different levels, state, region, county, um, city. You can go even lower um, at a lower level if you want to at a more granular level. But geography is important. Then another thing that's also very important to me is the device that people are visiting your website on. Often Google is assuming that people are coming in on mobile devices and they're um, essentially looking, they're using that um, assumption for shaping how they rank people for AdWords advertising and for other things like that. But what is important is that your website may look very different and present a very different experience on a mobile device 
than it does on a desktop device. Right. And a lot of team times people will develop their website on their desktop and they will look at it on their desktop, but the vast majority of traffic may be on the mobile. And then you can go even go even more detailed and say, are they coming in on Android or are they coming in on iPhone? Um, and um, you know what handset are they coming in on? In other words, how big is the screen? Uh, th- that may be very important for people because the font may be set with certain assumptions. It may not work well in one configuration that a lot of people come in on. So you want to look at that and just be very judicious at understanding who these people are and what's going on with them. Right. Um, you know, one, one, let me, let me add a couple, let me add a little color to what you're saying here. If you don't mind. So geography, one of the things I like to do is I like to um, look at the audience and I always want to look at U S only for, for 99% of my clients, it's U S right. So we want to look at U.S. and most of my clients are local. So I don't necessarily even care about traffic coming from other states. So I'll drill down into the state of Washington, for example, for our Washington-based clients and only look at that data and then do my comparisons on a like a period by period, only looking at the state of Washington traffic. Because if you don't do that, you can easily get deceived into thinking you're either doing worse or better than you think you are because you were looking at global traffic and you know who knows there some we've seen weird stuff globally there there are times when the bots are visiting and it can be really really annoying um but there are times when traffic may also be uh kind of hidden for lack of a better term or masked um in that um as an example um ashburn virginia will show up a lot um, as, um, as a source of traffic. And that may be because of some web server um, configurations or sources of traffic. Right. AOL used to drive a lot of traffic from Virginia. And so <laughs> I remember that. Conf- yeah, yeah, it'd be very confusing to look at that and say, yeah. um, are these people really in Virginia or is it AOL users who are being routed through Virginia? Right. Um, so you have to take the geography with um, as a starting point, um, right. but it's not necessarily the full detail. Now, in your case, what um, you could do is you could look at the comparison of that Virginia traffic year over year, month over month, and also your Washington traffic month right. over month. Yeah, that's that, that's good advice. The other thing uh, with respect to mobile desktop and tablet visitors, which is just fascinating, is I like to look. So one of the things that we didn't talk about is the fact that you can actually look at Uh, multiple dimensions of the data. And so one of the things I like to do is look at the conversions of the data conversions of on the website, for example, leads generated on the website. And I like to look at it from the um, source. So, or not source, but the type. So I, I may see that a lot of people are hitting the site on mobile, but they're not converting. It's only people on desktop that are converting. And then the question, always the next step with any data analysis is, so what? Mm -hmm. So what should I do on my website? And this is where doing a usability test and looking at, oh, I'm getting a lot of people going to the lead gen page, the thank you, the um, contact us page where I'd like people to fill out a form, but they're doing so on my mobile. And gosh, look at what I'm asking for people on Mm -hmm. that lead gen page. If I'm on a desktop asking for eight pieces of information, maybe fine. If they're coming in on a mobile and you're asking for eight pieces of information, good luck. 
you're not going to get that many conversions. Your conversion yeah, rate is going to drop way down, especially if you make it mandatory for people to fill out those eight. And right. so um, this is where doing some asking your own questions, looking at the user experience, looking at who that persona is becomes really important. Putting this together um, with the um, location, the geographic location, the t- form of um, interaction that they're the um, you know the size of the user interface and the format of the user interface, putting all those together becomes really important, and it becomes an art as much as a science. Right. That's what's really exciting about analytics is the opportunity to make some discoveries and then move your business forward. This yeah. is not just about gathering data. This is about gathering insights that can be helpful at moving your business to the next level. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I know we're getting short on time. So the last couple things we can talk about is pages people see on your site. So we've got um, most popular landing page, exit page. Um, so what you're doing is you're looking at the pages. This is in the behavior section of Google Analytics. Uh-huh, so yes. what's, uh, what are a couple of things folks need to pay attention to for the pages on the site? Well, it's really helpful to know what page people start their visit on. That's called a landing page. You mean they don't all start on the homepage? They don't. (laughs) Often they do, but not always. And sometimes um, that landing page may be their first and last impression. Um, Sometimes the landing page that people come to gives a big clue about who is coming to your website. If the most common landing page is your domain.com slash support, that indicates a lot of your traffic is current customers. And hopefully your support pages are working well, but maybe they're not. Um, And then another very common landing page can be the contact us page. And people may be just trying to find your phone number or trying to find Mm -hmm. your address and trying to find a link to the map. Um, So looking at that landing page, looking at the exit page says, this is where people are quitting the site. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. You have to really use your judgment when you're looking at that. And then I like to look at overall most popular pages. And I, I once had a client who was running a kayaking business in the San Juan Islands. And he said, um, we were talking about his analytics. And he said in this um, kind of wistful voice, you know, I am. I wish people would stop going to the jokes page. Kayakers have this really weird sense of humor, and I get all these people who come to my jokes page, and then they don't go any further. And I said, "Well, have you thought about turning your jokes page into a an entree point to your tours?" Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was an insight that was very valuable yeah. for um, for that company because they were thinking of this as a problem, but really, it's an opportunity. That's where artful use of analytics it can be very, very helpful. I, I, I couldn't agree more. So um, looking at, um, you know, just kind of a wrap up here, what are, what are some, what's some advice you have uh, just kind of, you know, now that we know a little more about Google Analytics, what, what are some uh, things that we should be thinking about taking it to the next step? The first is changes on your website, looking at what, customers and visitors are trying to do and saying, is this website as effective as it can be, or are there areas where we should improve it? Mm -hmm. It is important to have a discussion with your developers and your designers about the analytics data. 
that is not intuitive. <laughs> I have met very few designers who like to look at analytics data. They do, in general, they often do not like numbers. With developers, it's a little different. They tend to be a little more quantitative. But sure. it's important to say, you know, um, our designer, to our designer, we need to have a conversation about what's effective and what's not effective on the website and look at some changes to the page layout, to the site structure, to the navigation, um, to the content that's on there. There are a lot of potential changes. Um, that's something I really um, like dialoguing with people about is what are those opportunities and what are some ways to go forward. Then another yeah. is to look at impacts on your business. As an example, if you have a lot of people going to the contact us page at 6 a.m. your time in your time zone, maybe it's people who are at 9 a.m. in the East Coast, but they're coming to your website at 6 a.m. That says that maybe you need to have some uh a rapid response available at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. to get back to people. Um, there can be some other opportunities there also, um, but looking at the impacts on your business of support time, of what people are um, trying to accomplish on the website, those are important items. Then another is traffic generation. Are you getting enough qualified traffic to meet your business goals? If you have a classic funnel and you say, okay, 2%, 5% of the visitors turn into customers. 90% are not relevant. Maybe there's another 5% that could be a customer. Um, that you need to look at your traffic generation and where you're making your marketing investments. And if you need to broaden that funnel, maybe it's time to look at some additional tactics. If you need to refine the funnel, as in getting that 5% that's kind of up for grabs to turn into, um, you know, turn into a lead, that may be where the um, much more cost-effective opportunity is, is improving the website. But looking at the traffic generation, looking at whether you have enough qualified traffic, that becomes very important. And then nurturing your referrers, nurturing people on social media, that can be very, very important. Often people will think of the web as a, a techie business. Really, it's all about people, just like any business. It's about relationships with yep. people. They're just different relationships, but it's still about relationships. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Well, Stuart, I, I think one of the things that the big takeaway for me is if I'm a business owner and I haven't bothered to look at Google Analytics or I've just tapped in it and just, or dabbled in it. Um, you know, I think this is a big encouragement to get to know it, um, whether it's you or, um, you know, being, have a, being guided by somebody like Stuart who can, uh, help you interpret the data. Um, that's really an important, uh, important thing to think about. So Stuart, if folks want to get in touch with you, what, uh, what's the best way to do that? My phone is 206 241 Zero one, and okay. I am glad to talk with people, give some free advice, take a quick look at um, at some data if they want to give me access. My website is m a r k e t e k dash consulting dot com, marketech dash consulting. People Great. can email me email me at Stuart J at marketech dash consulting dot com. Great. Well, hey, Stuart, I really appreciate having you on today. This has been, uh, you know, we, you know, I obviously we're kind of geeking out here a little bit. So um, it's time I, to geek out, Peter. <laughs> well, hopefully we haven't scared too many people away, but 
you know, I really think that, uh, you know, if you're running a business um, and the web is part of your marketing and sales strategy, you really kind of, you got to know this stuff. Absolutely. And, um, and it, it's just, it, it pays big dividends if you yeah. uh, even a little bit of time, high ROI. Well, thanks yes. again. And I, I look forward to chatting again real soon. Thank you. My closing comment is just people got to log in and make sure it's working and take a look and get started. Just dive in. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for listening to this episode of Biz and Life Done Well with Peter Wilson. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most of the other popular podcast platforms. Please tell your friends about us and leave us a review so even more people will find out about us. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.